Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today, I welcome back my husband, Mark Hyman, who is on podcast 28 and 29, discussing his silent meditation retreat where he was silent for two weeks. Some interesting things went down, so make sure you check those episodes out because we are going to be talking about it on today's podcast. We also talk about how meditation has helped him in his life. Personally, we talk about some other things that he's interested in doing besides meditation. And we talk about our relationship and the struggles or challenges that we have faced as a couple with children in our lives. I think all couples who have children will relate to our discussion and much more. So please enjoy this podcast with Mark Hyman. Welcome husband. Hey baby. So good to have you back. It's been, I think, I don't know, four or five weeks since you were here last. Yeah, it's like, you you look great. <laughs> <laughs> so backtracking a little bit, you were here talking to me after breaking silence. And we ha- you had a very dramatic uh, meditation. Well, we had this, it was a very dramatic experience. Um, it, I think unfolding it as a story was even more dramatic. A lot of people wrote in, they, no one got your answer completely right. What was unveiled um, after the first part? It was a two-part series. So, for those of you who have not listened to it, go back and listen to it. Part one, part two. Um, we're going to be giving a spoiler alert here, uh, a little bit about what happened, so we can talk about what kind of resolution did you have after you were kicked out of this island? <laughs> he has the um, dubious or distinctive honor of, <laughs> of being kicked out of a silent meditation 
uh, retreat for refusing to break silence because he had dedicated and made a pledge to um, be silent for two weeks for the purpose of um, uh, being silent for the animals that are silented by their confinement every single day of their lives. What kind of resolution did you have, or did you have any resolution with the meditation center, and in particular, Barry? Who now <laughs> Barry has quite a name in the in the group here. <laughs> so, so the, first of all, I think yeah, because it's, it was a there's a lot of information there. So I think those were episodes 28 and 29, beginning of I think it was like the first beginning of January. So listen to that. If you're listening to this, go back, listen to that, because this will make a lot more more sense. So, um, so yeah, so I came back and that was sort of an evolution of how I wanted to handle that situation anyway. And I, when we came back, I had already planned that I was going to be speaking with, with the guy who sort of the assistant person who had actually escorted me out of the out of the premises made sure that I was not going to be on on the premises, and we we were going to be talking a couple of days later uh, after I got back. So we did have that conversation, and he was it was actually a great conversation, um, and I pretty much sort of explained like what the issues that I found as a teacher, how I was a little bit horrified about how the situation was handled, um, and then I, I really wanted to. Uh, my feelings evolved about like feeling like how dare they do this to me early and like when it actually happened and what how much it meant as, as far as emotionally but also financially the loss I, I took and how I wanted that handled and hey they had said you know hey we'll we'll work out some kind of agreement if you still feel that you were that this cost you a bunch of money for what you had to do we'll we'll deal with it later so let's just uh, talk later. So when I, by the time I got to them, I, my feelings had evolved to the point where I was like, I I don't really need or want money for this situation, but I felt that, you know, I wanted to give them to Barry, who was the teacher and the center, the opportunity to sort of reflect on what had happened and their part in the situation and give them the opportunity to, to make amends if they wanted to, without really having much expectation. So I said, Hey, if you guys, you know, this cost me a lot of money. And if I don't want the money uh, paid back to me, but if, if you would like to, um, I think it would be meaningful if you made a donation to. It cost you money because you didn't work. And when you're in, in just so people know, right. this um, meditation center doesn't take money. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask you to donate at the end of it. So it's more that the time commitment of clearing your schedule and not having your regular workload that you would have had that would have earned you. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, and then obviously I didn't, since I kept the meditation, I was paying for my room and board for the rest of the times and, you know, and, but I had cleared the schedule for all this. So there, there were some, some of that. So I said, you know, Hey, uh, if you feel like it and want to, to make a a donation to our our coast to coast for compassion hike, which is what I did. I did the whole thing for, to raise money and awareness for, um, for the animals, for Farm Sanctuary. Uh, and so I thought this would be a great way that they could, they've learned what, uh, you know, how how they want to sort of pay back for what they did. I don't get anything, but there, it goes to some some good cause. So I didn't really expect too much out of it, but I wanted to open that up to them. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I did that. We talked about, about that. And he said, hey, okay, I'll go speak to Barry about this. I'll speak to the financial committee about this. This sounds like a great, you know, option. And, 
didn't hear back. And I, I, a couple of emails later, I got, got an email back from them pretty much sort of stating what I expected was, no, you know, this was the guidelines. This is what we feel. You were in the wrong. Um, so we're not going to make any commitment. Uh, we're not going to do anything. And, you know, so be it. I felt like because I, I wasn't expecting anything that didn't come as a shock to me. And that was fine with me. I felt like I did what I felt was the right thing. I, I think in our our society, we don't give people, there's not as much, people don't take responsibility for, for what they do and don't apologize. And the people who, when they, people do receive apologies, so that people just don't accept it. And, you know, they, they hold on to things. So I felt like this was a good way. I gave them the opportunity. They did what I expected, which was they didn't take any responsibility for their part in it. And, you know, I can't hold that weight. And I think that's sort of probably one of the lessons I learned is like, you can't hold on. You can't, I can't, I'm not going to be upset about what someone else is doing. I just have to take, take charge of what I'm doing. And so I felt like I did the right thing, gave them the opportunity and they have to deal with, with what they, they're doing. Right. And And so I know that part was disappointing and however you've learned to really meditate well on your own, Mm -hmm. taking these lessons. So what is, what is all this? How have you dealt with it differently? Maybe is the word I'm thinking, or the phrase I'm thinking of, um, because you've been practicing your meditation so regularly, how has this last month been for you? Not only in the aftermath of that, but just in, how do you feel like you respond to situations more because of the meditation you've been practicing? I don't know how it's different from if I had done the program, Mm -hmm. but I know that I, I definitely feel a change. I feel like I'm handling situations differently. Uh, I feel more calm about things. I feel like before I probably would have hold, held on to this a lot longer mm-hmm. and this, I would have stewed about this. And, you know, I think Jonah and I, I don't know how I so we, we have like this similar idea of justice and doing what's right and what's fair. And I still believe in that, but, you know, there's only so much that I can control. And, you know, so I do what I can do for that. Mm -hmm. And then I got to let go other people's because other people are not on the same timetable uh, as I am. So I think I've done a really good job at going toward that and getting better at that. It's still, I still have my moments. um, And, but I, I think that's, I think that's a big change. And I think that's sort of one of the big, one of the the, well, a couple of lessons that I, I got from this now looking back on it that I didn't have. One, um, this experience sort of let me sort of highlight it to me that that old um, saying, authority tends to corrupt and absolute or, or a power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely or something, mm-hmm. something like that. So it's the idea that, OK, just because when people are in these positions of authority, like we tend to sort of just give them control and mm-hmm. sort of assume that they're right. And so part of this was was for me a reaffirmation. And I think it actually happens a lot in the spiritual community. And, and I know it happens in yoga where like these people get put on these pedestals mm. and get the sense of power and we just give that to them. And I think it was like a lesson for me and as a parent to sort of pass on to our kids that no, that's not just because someone is wearing a lab coat or someone wearing some religious garb or is in that role. We should be looking at, at the things that they're doing and saying critically and making a decision on, is does this make sense to me? Is this right for me? And I'm my voice is just as important as that person's voice. Um, 
So I definitely learned a re as reaffirmation that I trust myself, trust my, my what I think is right, trust what what that inner voice is is saying, and question question authority. I think it's really important in any avenue, and I think especially in these spiritual realms where people get in these elevated. Um, Wow, you could, you're bringing up a whole topic here. I'm sure a lot of people um, can contribute to, and it's definitely been in, in the yoga world for many years, but I would say even more so with the combination of the Me Too movement. Um, but not going down that path, no. I think what's more, um, what might be really interesting for people to hear is the what meditation has done for you personally for these last, now it's been a six weeks, I think mm-hmm. you've been doing it regularly. And, you know, I think movement has an, its own elixir for everyone. I think movement kind of universally is going to help people mentally, emotionally, physically, for sure. Um, what would you say meditation has helped you with in those regard? Obviously, it's not physical per se because you're not moving, but what has it brought to you that you feel is balancing in ways that um, other things didn't quite yeah. happen to? So. I move a lot mentally, physically, and I move for a purpose. Mm. And so meditation, there's not like the immediate, I feel like I see the gains, but there's something in just being okay, being still and starting my day that way. So I wake up and, and so I, the way I said it, and again, I'm trying to be less, um, less not organized, but but less confining. Is sort of like it has to start at this point. It has to end at that that time. Mm-hmm. I do have an end to when I I know like I feel comfortable because I I'm sort of the morning person in our the relationship as far as getting the kids going in the morning. It's just how our our um our body clocks work. So I know that I sort of feel comfortable. I need to be done by six fifteen or six thirty in the morning. Uh, I need to be done with a meditation if I'm doing it. So I tend to like work backwards and. I just wake up when I wake up and sometimes it's 4.30 in the morning, sometimes it's 5, sometimes it's 5.30, 5.45. And then I just work backwards and I'm like, I might have a shorter meditation um, or longer meditation, just knowing that I have the, the end point. But being able to start the day with doing something that doesn't have a direct, like, this is what I get from it. Like if I'm working out, I know I could see the sweat. I could feel the power that I'm I'm doing. If I'm doing a chore, if I'm, if I'm responding to emails, I'm doing something, there's, there's a checklist of what I'm doing. And when I'm meditating, I just am, you know? So there's that sense, which is a new feeling for me to just be and to be and feel like, okay, that was just time for me. And I know that I'm gaining from it, but it's not like, right that minute I could feel yeah. a, a difference. But then as the day goes on or as other parts of the uh, other things happen in the day, I'm just feel more, more relaxed uh, and that I'm, I'm taking things in um, and uh, probably a lot more as a parent with a teenager, uh, teenage, two teenagers, you just deal with more uh, tumult in your life and the day to day, the things that are unexpected. And I think I could just, I'm, I'm just becoming less reactive, which I think is helpful. I, yeah, I think so. I, I definitely notice, and I think for for anyone there who might be kind of like Mark, Mark is he moves at a speed. I mean, he's known as the hymenator. Let me just tell you this little story. We were in London, and we were spending a couple of days in London before we were going on our first C two C four, the coast to coast for compassion hike across um, England. 
And we had to get to the train station from our hotel to then, you know, catch a train up upwards to where we were going. But we had been in London and Mark was um, fully packed up, you know, all our, we all were, we had our backpacks on and we're going and, and you, Mark wanted to catch this train. And so he goes at a pace that is kind of unlike anybody else I know. Except Olivia. Olivia Except Olivia. Yeah. Our, our daughter. daughter. And, and they just like move, they move fast. And I had to tie my shoe and Jonah just stayed with me. And then I was like, oh, oh crap. I got to, I got to catch up with them. And I'm going really fast. And this woman, this older British woman sees me and she goes, oh my he sets a demonic pace. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's the perfect, he is. It's like, but I think with that, that's how you are a little bit in life. Like you kind of whirl around and, and I think this is relevant for a lot of people. I have other things that I have to work on, but that's not one of them. Even though it seems like I have a lot going on, I'm not like a whirling dervish. And I think for people that really whirl and dirt like around in that kind of demonic pace to sit and meditate is really challenging, as you've said, but incredibly powerful um, in helping you drop into the, to the moment to moment that, yeah. that, I, that everybody needs. So. And so some days I'm, some days I'm, I feel like I, I come in the moment and I'm feeling that what the different sensations are going on. And some days I, that thoughts going on in my head. I think I've just become, I think the biggest thing, I'm I'm not as hard on myself. Mm. And I think if I'm not as hard on myself, then I'm not going to be as hard on others. So it's like, okay, well, okay, there went 10 minutes and I was just thinking about something, but I'm, I come back and any moment I could come back, I'm just teaching myself. I'm just, you know, trying to, trying to get in that, that course where it becomes more natural just to be, be in the moment. So, yeah. Very good. Very good. So um, we got some questions for you mm-hmm. and one that will, well, um, be a nice segue from this is when you feel like you're hitting a plateau in something, really anything in life, how do you get yourself out of it? And it could be physical, like, you know, you hit a plateau in your exercise routine or anything else. Cause I think probably this whole experience came from some sort of plateau, maybe. Yeah. I tend to two things. So it depends on the kind of of plateau I'm hitting. But when I'm in a funk, I tend to want to volunteer or do stuff for others. So like I remember, so as our kids are, are growing and I'm, you know, and they're going and they're doing their own thing and I'm sort of yearning for that like child experience or like of being, you know, some youngin that I can sort of mentor in a different way. And so I did volunteer, you know, I started, I do volunteer work and I have a, a young boy that I spend time with. Um, and so that sort of brought me back to like back in the days when I was acting and when you had a lot of, a lot of roadblocks as an actor and the best way for me out of those funks was I would, I did, I think it was called Apple, Apple cares or something like that in New York where volunteer organizations where you just go and you help others who are going through things a lot more difficult than the, the little things that I, that I have day to day. So if it's that kind of funk, if it's like a mental funk like that, I find just helping others um, and people I don't even know. I mean, it's great helping people that you do know, but helping people who are less fortunate, that just right away cheers me up. And like you might, when you're in the funk, it's sometimes hard to think that, but as soon as you do, as soon as you're like, okay, I'm just going to do this, even though you might not feel like it because, you know, it's you're in this woe is, uh, woe is I, um, uh, kind of 
place. As soon as you do, you sort of get out of that, get out of that, that self, yeah. uh, that self-talk. And, and so that, that's one aspect. And the other thing I do is I just don't set any limits. So, you know, I go big, you know, I go big. I sort of do something. If I'm in a funk, I'll go on like a, I'll just go put on shoes and go on a 20 mile run. I won't, I won't, I won't say I'm going to do a 20 mile run, but I'll just go out and I just need to clear my head. And for me, exercise, um, exercise does it. Like I can't do yoga for that because I have to think too much. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, that's not as natural for me. I like doing yoga. And when I do it, especially in one of your classes where it's like a really demanding class, it's a different type of thing. But if I, I sometimes I just need to clear my head or do something, you know, set a big goal for myself and, and go for that. Yeah. And, and recently, I think also for people who are uh, several people ask about this kind of, what do you do physically for a plateau? I think that you set things like you're going, you are running another marathon and mm-hmm. you've run half marathons. And so those kind of goal setting things, I think are really nice ways of also getting out of that physical plateau and yeah. getting a buddy or something like that to, to do it with you. Yeah. Good. Well, that, that, there's, there's bonding there. So like mm-hmm. Olivia and I are doing the marathon. This is going to be a little different because I'm doing it more like for her or with her or being her, you know, her support right. team for, yeah. for this kind of marathon. But you know, I, I'm, I want to do a, uh, a triathlon that that's on, on the an Ironman or something in in the coming in the next year or two. He's but, like triathlon. Why not a let's just go for an Ironman? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I, I want to do. But like right now in the mindset, like with this is like I'm here for my kids, so mm-hmm. you know that sort of takes precedence for me. Like I can get my exercise in, and that's great. But there's only so much time we have with our kids, so I've got I've got a whole life uh, yeah, ahead and I'm, to do that. I'm for those people who don't know Mark, I'm really, really lucky because I've got a very, very devoted husband and father. He has taught our kids so many different things. He was that dad on the mountain, like skiing backwards, teaching the kids how to ski and um, has taught them how to bike ride and, and, you know, has been super involved in in all their stuff. And um, what is your favorite thing to do as a family? I mean, obviously that changes over time. We have teenagers now, but what, what, what is, if you were to think of ways that's most fun to spend with the family, what would you say? Well, you, I mean, you know, I like, I always am asking for family game nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it too often, but especially as the kids are getting older, but anything where we could get FaceTime where it's not in front of a, like a video screen or even like watching it's, it's fine watching a movie together and stuff. There's some, some bonding there, but something I could look at the kids, but you know, our hikes that that's like, for me, it's, this is, it's the perfect, um, our coast to coast hikes, uh, are such a great, I just feel like we're blessed because we get to raise awareness and which is great. We're raising funds for great causes, but really we get to just we're be, raising it for a farm sanctuary right. this, this year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're people. doing, yeah. so look at, uh, it's coast to coast for compassion. The letter C, the number two, the letter C, the number four, compassion.com. Um, It'll be in the C2C show for, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so, but we get to spend, we went across England and across Scotland, and now we're going across Wales. And just that time where it's just the four of us, where there's not, there's, you know, we're just out in nature and we're singing and we're playing and just watching the kids playing. I love just watching the kids go off when it's just the two of us and either they're ahead of us and we could just see them laughing and being goofy. Um, I cherish I cherish those moments. So, mm-hmm. yes. yeah. so yeah. being so, outside yeah. in nature as a family, that's like number one. I think it's such me. an interesting, and I, I got a couple of these questions and I think it's coming from 
people who are raising kids who are younger than ours and and but all of us in this generation of raising children but especially um, those of us who have teenagers I think right now in this like 10 year period you know we're raising kids fundamentally and in a fundamentally different world I mean of course our parents did too but the technology is so different even our children didn't really have technology in their lives in the way that kids that are now, you know, one, two years old or even being born are going to have technology. It's just like ubiquitous. Um, And we didn't have that with our kids for a long time. And that really helped. And I kind of remember those days fondly, you know, because it's just none of us had the technology. Well, we, when we, we, actively mm-hmm. pursued ways not to. Like our kids yeah. didn't get phones until they were at least halfway through eighth grade, which seems like when <laughs> from years ago, that seems like that seems really young. But nowadays that's not, yeah. like they're getting in like fourth, fifth grade. So our kids were the last in their schools to get it. And we were fine with that because it just opened up this whole, you know, when I was a kid, you know, we would have to, we'd sneak up on a Saturday to play Atari once, you know, yeah. and that was the only time. And if our parents knew, okay, if we're, if we're in the attic, They knew we weren't doing electronics or weren't doing screen time. And now it's like with the phone or with the iPads and stuff, it's anytime they they have it. It's it's sort of, it's how to avoid just becoming like a a technology police officer, which is is tough. Yeah. And I would say that like, how do you find that we deal with that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Similarly or differently, like not only revealing that so that people know that no, 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 couple as parents are perfect because we both had different upbringings. Mm -hmm. Even if our upbringings were wonderful, which they were, um, they were different. And so, and we're different human beings. So we're going to see things from different lenses, which we do. And I think those of you who are married or or at least have children together and are raising them together, um, it is a challenge. I think the challenge to a marriage comes mostly through the kids. I mean, unless you came with other issues, but I would say like, if everything is really solid, the where I think people will have challenges is through kids. Where do you think um, we have had challenges Mm -hmm. having kids? Yeah. And I think for us, it really almost is a hundred percent related to parenting, like our challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we see, we, I think we've been really complimentary in so many ways and, and, and where you want to be on the, on the same page, as far as like what you think is important, where you think it's important to put your money, Mm, um, where you want to spend your time together and be a part, like all those things we're, we're really good. And and I think, and like, you know, you give me space to make decisions like, and I know we'll probably get into this at some point about like the house and the greenhouse. I mean, a lot of people struggle in, in building houses together. And that's a point of contention for us. It really wasn't because not at all. Because, because you really was like build the house. <laughs> exactly. But that, that like, and you knew I had like two or maybe three particulars in right. the whole house and everything else. I was like, this is fine because I trusted your decoration and your, you know, your input on all that. I mean, and everybody, that's but here's another thing. Mark pretty much planned our entire wedding. <laughs> he organized. <laughs> I wrote my own vows, but I mean, I think pretty much everything yeah. else you pretty much. I was least. out there the morning of like setting up the seats. <laughs> yes. out so I think farm, we're so. super unusual yeah. um, in that way. But, but uh, so, yeah, so, so parenting, to, yeah, has so been parenting like is definitely sure. because like we come, you know, 
you you make your choices in part. It's you're not even making choices because part of it's from from how you were raised, right? So that's just sort of it's and how in you and how we're wired. how you're wi- how you're yeah. wired. But yeah. but also it's like what seems right to you to some extent isn't even things that you choose. It's just yeah. like well, this is how it was, so this feels comfortable for me. Right. And we were we were raised really differently, and and I think it's a big part of who we are and, and why things work and when they do and why there's struggles and Mm -hmm. other places, but definitely a struggle area at times as with any, any relationship is in parenting. So the question was, how are we different? Well, how have we we... met the challenges of parenting? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes really well and, and sometimes not, not so well. And I think um, when it hasn't been so well, it's because uh, we haven't communicated well and we haven't, we haven't partnered or boosted each other up and we sort of like been in our own like this is what I would do um versus like seeing there's compromises that have to be made and sometimes the choices are not the choice exactly how I would have it and it might not be how you have had it um mm-hmm. but it's where it is and it's best for like what we're doing as a, a union so when things have gone awry I think it's been when we haven't sort of done that when we've mm-hmm. we've sort of stuck to well this is what i'm doing and this is what you're doing and you know i don't agree with what you're doing and um you know and that just led down a path where there's uh, there's a break in in mm-hmm. and now we're seeing and, and kids pick up on on those things so it's yeah. it's tough so like i i think and some of this came from i think how we were raised like for me like you never one of my big things is like i i were when I grew up, like I never heard of anything, any kind of arguments. My parents did not argue, and there was definitely stuff. And now I know, realize, as an as an adult, like there was stuff that must might have must have gone on, um, and that that I found out. But but and the front, there they it was a solid front. It was mm-hmm. like a one, like you did. There was no um, like okay, we're gonna break break this up. We could go to this person, even though we knew there were certain people we would go to. Um, so that's that's definitely important to me. And I think that's been one of my issues at times is that you are more okay with voicing your like, Hey, that's on you. This is, you know, that's right. what you want. I disagree. And we are going to, I'm happy talking about it in front of the kids and, and I'm not so okay with that. So that's always been, uh, something for, for me, but we yeah, what he's it. referring to is if something comes up and it's, there's, I clearly disagree with maybe the way he's handling it. I don't get him. I don't insert myself and try and take his side of it because I don't agree with this side of it. Well, but you also will say <laughs> stuff there. Like what yeah. I don't like yeah. is when yeah. you say stuff in front of the kids because right. they're going to, they're mm-hmm. going to, and I think you probably in retrospect don't like that when you do either. Just some things you're, I think I'm more aware of like, because I was raised, you don't do that. Like I Try yeah. not to do that. And I just feel like, you know, those things are like, okay, let it, if the kids are not going to get actually physically hurt or anything long-term, let it be. And let's talk about it later where mm-hmm. the two of us, we could just sort of calmly be like, you know what? And then we could, we could sort of digest what happened and like, okay, how could we grow, grow from it? So, so that's just a, a difference. Cause I just think that's, we were raised differently. So I'm just more no, aware No, my parents of actually never, they didn't fight in front of me either. And I, I, I don't, I don't think that's totally good. I think that kids, as long as they feel secure, need to know that parents who love each other and love them are going to disagree and not actually see eye to eye. And 
And, but um, if they fundamentally know that we respect each other, they're not going to kind of, you know, sit, sit and scheme about ways to, you know, um, use mom for getting this, you know, getting, this was what I want and use dad. I just think that, um, but this is, again, we see, we see differently on this, but we've, right. we've learned to, I respect that you don't like to bring anything up in front of them. And, and so I, I try hard yeah. not to. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, those things, Hey, we're at this right. point. Right. Like, uh, we've, I feel like we've gotten through some, um, the, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking a little too early, but we have a 16 and a half year old and a 13, almost 14 year old. And I feel like kind of, we've gotten through some of the hardest stuff in some ways that, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, their daughter is a junior and, and she's had, she's a, she's a very, um, strong force in all the good ways. And she is, um, super determined. And I think she's a like, like you yeah. a lot. And I think that's, they have more of a, they can have butt heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just sit back and, but it's pretty <laughs> funny. Cause one time Jonah said to me, he's like, you know, when we want something, when we want some clothes, we want to get clothes. We come to you. If we want to get food, like meaning like junk food, we get a dad. Dad's <laughs> dad's harder with the clothes stuff, and you're harder with the food. <laughs> so I just do, don't like shopping. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. like going but shopping. So it's I'm funny. Just... So I'm like, okay, if they have their like ideas about that, I think that's pretty funny. But um, anyway, the point is that parenting is challenging, and so I think we the communication that we have is really good. And I think as long as you and I also feel like when you grow individually and as adults, we should be continuing to grow. We are actually better partners and better parents. So I see this too in the yoga world that I live in and, and breathe in and all that. And it's like when people are growing as individuals, they usually show up in a different way in their relationships, all of them, including, you know, their partnerships, their, as parents, as friends and all that. And so I think do the work and keep growing. And it's, it's all about communication, I think, because, you know, good or bad, the parenting is actually not going to, it's, it's a, it's a small part of our, our lives together. I mean, right mm-hmm. now it's a major part, mm-hmm. but there's going to yeah. be a time when that's not going to be a major part. And if it's, if everything that we have is about parenting, you find it's problematic because then, then mm-hmm. when, when the parenting is not there anymore, what, what do you have? So I think some of it is as long as you're communicating and you try and make a part of your life, even as a parenting, not be about the parenting. Like, and, and so I think I'm, I definitely push this a little bit more because your life revolves around the yoga. So like when we go out, I try and, you know, make sure it's like, okay, we, we need a little time where we're not talking about work. We're not talking about about kids where it's just about us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's just, that's just really important because ultimately, you know, the yoga and my, and my, our work is going to be there for longer than our parenting, but still there's got to be other stuff. So, um, I just want to, to make sure that I don't just talk about yoga, by the way, people <laughs> I just, talk about a lot of other things. <laughs> it just feels like it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we'll go out and they'll be like, is it all going to be yoga people? <laughs> yeah. Cause those yoga people, my gosh, no, he loves my yoga people. Yeah. He loves my yoga people, but that is pretty funny. Um, so on that note, what is your favorite thing to do as a couple with me? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, let's keep this G-rated. <laughs> yeah. What's the favorite thing to do? Just just the two of us? Yeah. I mean, just to give people idea of like what you like to do, what we do together, but also 
you know, just to have, um, that it can be simple. It can be simple. Yeah. It can be sitting I, on the couch, watching a movie or talking or playing I, Bananagram or. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that so much. Um, Play, again, playing, playing, bananagram. playing Bananagram, I get, yeah. Um, you make up some words. So I was going to say, because I kick your ass. Can you tell we're competitive? Yeah. Uh, no, but like it, it's, um, again, it goes back to my, I don't like sitting, doing nothing. So like sitting and watching a movie or, or stuff that, that that's okay. But if mm-hmm. I, what I'd like to do, I like when we go for walks together for, with the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah. Being active is to, to me is like being active together. Cause that's how we, that's how we started. We started like biking across the country. Like that's was our first major like part of, you know, when we decided, decided, okay, this is, this is, the real deal. This is the person I want to spend time with and spend my life with. So it's like those types of things. Um, going, going on little hikes, day hikes. When we go, when we go just for a day, going in the mountains and stuff. Like for me, that's that's who we are at the core, and mm-hmm. that's sort of like what I. One thing that I love about you is just you're up for doing anything and being physical. And so going out, whether it's with the dogs or just going going out. Uh, and being in nature together, I think it's just, we're both our best selves and it's, we could be communicating without talking. We could, I mean, I like talking mm-hmm. too, but we could just be being together out in nature. It's like, it's blissful. So, yeah. I love that, honey. I love you. And I, I think that that's really a good note to end on for people. I did get some questions, uh, people asking, how do you know when you've met the right person? How do you know when you should get married. I feel a little uneasy. Mm. And I mean, I would just say, do you enjoy being with the person? It's not always enjoyable, right? Just because things come up on your own. Like, you know, if something's happening individually, it might not be enjoyable to be around anyone, but is this person someone you want to, you really enjoy being with? And communicate, it's someone you can communicate with because you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have no, it's like, if there's no negatives, if nothing, it's good to actually have something, some bumps in the road Mm -hmm. because you want to see like, how do you, how do you get through those? Because they're going to happen. And if you don't deal with that and you don't know how someone else is going to deal with those tough times, um, then these people, it's like, how do you react? Like that goes back to how we did with this meditation and and Barry and stuff. It's like, how do you react to the tough times? Because they're going to be there. And what do you, can you work through it together and come out stronger? So like, that's that's a key and so it's you, you don't want to make those but if you're together long enough uh before before you you make a commitment that's going to happen and like how do you how do you handle that and do you all take responsibility for, yeah. for your parts in that yeah and does marry somebody who makes you laugh every day yeah. <laughs> right honey yes <laughs> <laughs> who makes who makes whom laugh right is that the right grammar <laughs> i'm not going to correct you on podcast. Uh, who makes whom yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, I, it just sounds so funny to say that. Who makes whom laugh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I live with a English major. I love it. Mm-hmm. I was raised by an English major, so I have a lot of grammar in my life, and I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for coming, honey. I think it's a great wrap-up from your last time to hear what was um, what you learned, what you gained and just a little bit about our relationship. Yeah, so. And if you if you want to, if you want to see how it really works between the two of us. If you come on Laura's retreat in March, you'll oh, see both yes. of us. Oh, yes. We have some space yeah, and Mark like is going to be two. there. I don't know by the time this airs whether they're there, but I am going, yeah. I'm coming with my ukulele. Uh, so, yeah, giddy yeah. up. Um, so. Yeah, that's right. There is space. Not, there's like, not, there's like I think one or two rooms room. yeah, left. So there's not Costa Rica, much. But, but it's a really intimate retreat, which yeah. I 
I haven't like, done it in a while and it's amazing. So those are the only out. one that's like that. I, I go maybe once uh, a year or two, I mm-hmm. go on one and I, I'm Laura's the extrovert. I'm a little bit more introverted. So I like small groups. Um, so that this is like my type of thing. There's, I don't know, there's going to be like 16 or at max 20 yeah, people. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be awesome. So you'll Movement be able to see. Laura.com yeah. and, and go on to the um work with me in person or, or in person as the <laughs> subtitle and, and you'll yeah. f- find the retreat. It's yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. So that's right. Mark will be there. You could meet him, <laughs> meet him in all his glory. He'll take you on a 20 mile run after yoga with me. <laughs> and if you're interested in learning more about our hike, you can go to c2c4compassion.com and you can um, donate for um, our hike. All of the proceeds, hundred percent of them, benefit farm sanctuary and we have a podcast with gene bauer you who is the owner of um the owner the founder of farm sanctuary and you can learn more about that through the podcast with gene but that'll be all for now until next time honey love you babe love you bye